This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. Today's show is brought to you in part by Liquid Web. We sure know that there's a lot of choice when it comes to hosting your WordPress site. Liquid Web is the managed WordPress partner you've been waiting for. Whether you're a business owner, an agency, or a freelancer, Liquid Web has you covered when it comes to performance, uptime, and ease of site management. And one of the things we love most? When your content goes viral, Liquid Web doesn't charge you more for huge spikes in traffic. Transparent pricing, no surcharges. Liquid Web is offering Hallway Chats listeners 33% off for the first three months. Go to liquidweb.com and use the coupon code HALLWAYCHATS, all one word, to sign up. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 38. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Patty Shuttler. Patty started her WordPress business three years ago. She launched a website at uniquesitehelper.com to have a web presence and to show that she was legitimate. She loves to figure things out, and she says that she loves the WordPress community. Hi, Patty. Hi, Liam. Hi, Tara. Hey, Patty. Welcome. Glad to see you here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Yes. Thanks for having me on. I'm Patty Shetler. I work from home and live in Swickley, PA, which is a little north of Pittsburgh. I retired from corporate America about three years ago and was trying to figure out what I would do to keep moving forward in technology. So I opened up a web, a little um, website business, and I would say I'm a website implementer. And um, I listen to a lot of podcasts, including yours from episode one. And I started out with Carrie Dills um, about three years ago. Great. I think that I met you through Carrie Dills' office hours, through her podcast commenting or something like that. We met through Carrie Dills. So we can thank Carrie for knowing each other and having you here today. Um, what did you do before you started your agency and working with WordPress? I worked in infrastructure for years with on the back end of data centers. I moved data centers and I was a Unix um, admin and then I moved up through security devices and all of that. And then at the very end of my career, I ended up being a project manager for hardware and software. So you've never been intimidated by technology. It sounds like you've kind of been on the, the leading edge of technology, even before technology was a thing. Well, some places that I worked had very old technology, like uh, financial institutions. And, uh, but everything that I owned, I literally tore apart. So my yeah. first PC I took apart, my first iPad, my first, what were they called, shuffles, took those all apart just to see if I could get them back together. Wow, that's impressive. Is that how you've approached WordPress as well? No, I uh, really couldn't figure out WordPress when I first started. It was this, it looked like a framework, and then I jumped right into Genesis, which was the framework on top of that. And how did that all fit together? So I struggled a little bit when I first started. 
So um, the reason I love the WordPress community so much is I would be able to reach out to somebody and they would help me through getting that website up and running. Yeah. Um, and how did you discover Genesis as part of that then? That was through Carrie Dills. Okay. She had, um, she had some courses on Linda and I went there and then I bought the studio press bundle and that's where I actually started. Okay. And so you're growing your business now and, and working on your own. How are you finding self-employment and um, growing your own agency? How's that working for you? Well, I have to put growing in air quotes because I really don't want to grow it that big. As I said, uh, I wanted just a web presence and I only take on people that are nice and that I want to work with (laughs) because when I initially started out, I made those same mistakes that everyone else did. Work for a friend, you know, do something for free, do it pro bono. And I did not do uh, what everyone advises you to do, set up a statement of work, a contract, a limited time, and then when do you step away? So I made those mistakes. Yeah, those mistakes uh, are really commonplace, and it's so interesting to hear, you know, we've all made them. I know I've made them, and Tara's told me, you know, in conversation, she's made them too, and, and we all it's really interesting, the human side of things where we know on paper, don't do that. And then we get into it. And then sure enough, we all do it. So that's, that's interesting. How, how quickly were you able to realize that you were doing it wrong and, and to make adjustments? How quickly do you get yourself out of that? I didn't think I was doing it wrong. You know, I'd come out of corporate America. I've seen a ton of statements of work. I approved a bunch of contracts. I had to pay um, invoices. So I knew better. And I thought, oh, I don't need this. No one's going to take advantage of me. I was just very trusting about it. And I, um, I would hear the challenges that, little, that small businesses would have. And I would just think, oh, that's not going to happen to me. And this last year, it happened twice to me. And I thought, I can't move forward in the way that I have been um, doing this for the last year or so. That's interesting because you would think coming from that um, corporate background that you have, that that would have been something that you, um, that you would have had, I guess, experience with in terms of having systems and things like that. Are you implementing those now because of the experiences that you had last year? Yes, they're all implemented. I think they were there to begin with, and I just ignored them. But, um, you know, I yeah. didn't provide somebody with a statement of work, or I didn't write the requirements down. So now, even when I'm setting up a site for a friend, I'll write down a little um, statement and say, this is what we're going to deliver. And at this point, you know, I grab a date and I say, I'm done. And then I will say, just like I've heard many, many times, in 30 days, if I don't hear from you with content or 90 days, then you have to come back into the queue in order to be considered to go live. Yeah. It's hard to do that, to be firm and feel like you're still being nice, especially if when we're working for ourselves and we're oftentimes working with friends or friends of friends or people who become friends because you are meeting them in person, perhaps it's hard to make it formal because it makes it seem so unfriendly sometimes. But what you realize after you've had bad experiences is that you're avoiding the bad feelings down the road by facing that 
little bit of discomfort and formalizing it at the front end. So I think that's, I think that you're, you're going in the right direction and making that decision now. Well, I also think in corporate America, I had that buffer. There was always an attorney there or, you know, you had your uh, customer support people that you could always, they would always be buffering it before it got to me as the developer or the manager or the project manager later in my career that I just, you know, assumed that that would be still happening. And now you have to wear all these hats and you have to have that legal piece and your accounting piece all set up in your business. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Liam, did you have something? Yeah. I just wondered about the, the way that you transitioned, you know, the, the lawyer would pipe up or the, the, the senior project management manager would pipe up and, and address these, these concerns in, in your previous career and you didn't have to. I wonder if you find yourself kind of taking any communication style lessons, my experience is that a lot of the problems that we face as small business owners can be addressed through proper and early and consistent communication. And I wonder if you've had, uh, if you've had the same experience and if so, what kind of tools or techniques or lessons have you learned that make it a little bit easier for you now? Well, on the communication side, because I was a project manager, I would always have, a style in place. Like I'd always ask the um, managers, how do you want to get this information? So it would either come through the project. At, uh, of course, it was a Microsoft shop. So you had, um, what did we use? SharePoint. So the notes would go up there. The memo would get out. And then if the senior managers wanted to know by meeting what the status is, that's what I would do. So I always ask the customer and, and client now, how do we communicate? And if they have no idea, then what I do is put a framework there and say, well, once a week, how about I send you a status update? And I set up a call to talk every two weeks because that way you're getting in front of them and pushing them for whatever you need, content or um, decisions on the uh, statement of work that you provided or where are you? And I always ask, and this was another mistake I made last year, was I always ask that client, are we still on track? Are we still doing what you wanted to have done? Because a lot of times when they get in there and they see that site or they see the way that um, the structure is, Mm -hmm. they no longer want that. And if you don't ask that, then you start to have communication problems. So I have a very structured style of how I reach out to them. Yeah, that that last point you made, Patty, around clients pointing you in one direction, as you will, you know, offering guidance about where they go. And then once they start to see things, their views change. Is, is that something I've experienced as well, is small business owners are required to focus on so many different tasks and the mental and intellectual effort that they put into their website kind of ramps up, right? They get excited by by the launch, but they don't really think about the ins and outs of what they want and need until it starts to come together. And that can be a challenge to encourage them to intellectually invest early so that it doesn't cost more later on when they say, no, 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 I don't want to do that at all. Well, yeah, but here we have four emails where you said this is exactly what you want. And so we've we've put the time there and we can change it. It's, it's early enough, but there's a there's a cost there. So have you 
as you've been rolling these out, these these changes and these edits to your flow, have you noticed any kind of positive outcomes or smoothing of communications or projects going more swimmingly? They have. Um, but as I said, I don't have a big volume, so it's easy enough for me to manage that. Um, it's mostly about managing those expectations and you know, we struggle with that. And I'm also in a situation where I am learning and trying new things. So I need to make sure that I don't pull the whole thing off the rails by saying, Hey, this is a really cool thing I can put in here, or this is a different way you can make a payment and change it for them. Right. So I have to, and I think it's to advise the client. Um, you have to make sure that you go right back to that statement of work and, I hate to say this, but I go back to the old way of filing. Each client has a file with a little notebook from the day I start with them and I'm writing notes and I go back to that statement and I will update it if something changes. And I always put three small changes. And then if we bring in any major change, then it's a change management request. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say, oh, we'll move that to phase two. That was a that was a lovely thing that we did when I was in corporate. Oh, we can't do this. So in order to say no, we would say, okay, we'll move to phase two. And we would never get there. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, right? So it would just drag on and on until that project wasn't budgeted anymore. Well, this is a very different approach now with the client because you were building a professional and personal relationships sort of with them. And, you know, you're going to the same small business network um, meetings often, or you see them, you know, I live in a very small town and you see them and you just can't duck away from that. So you have to make it very clear that there is an ending to this. Yeah, that's a really good point. That, that finality in a good way, finality. I'm going to going to change gears a little bit on our conversation and I'm going to, I'm going to take us to a question about your definition of success. Can you share with us what is your personal and or professional definition of success, Patty? Well, my personal definition of success is to get through a day without being just negative and pessimistic. I've been, I fight that all the time and you have this negativity coming from you could be working with a client or watching the news or in some Slack channel and somebody just pulls you down in this and mood and then I don't want to end my day that way. So I start my day by looking at something very positive. I look at it again when I'm doing my exercise in the middle of the day and then I do it again at night. And then when I'm done for the day, I pull that into my personal side. So I'm making it I'm making a conscious effort to be kind to everyone that I'm talking to. And that's typically family, your spouse, <laughs> anyone that's irritating you. So that is, uh, that is my goal now for every single day. Mm. What are those tools that you use? What are, what do you look at to, to remind you to be positive? Well, I look at a lot of positive um, quotes during the day. I use a Panda planner where I look at, um, you, you, there's a 30-day uh, checkoff for your habits. So I look at that every day. And if I've slipped, then you know I don't put a check there, but I try to work toward that particular habit. 
Yeah, I like that. So do you set a little alert on your calendar or something to say, you know, it's 12 o'clock today, think of something positive? Is it that organized and structured? It is that organized and structured. I started that this year because of beating myself up from last year, not having that structure. And um, you had uh, mentioned, Tara, that you looked at the 12-week um Books. Yeah, we've done that last year in order to train for a race, and it was very good to break your year up into those quarterly sections. So I'm doing that with my personal and professional piece too this year. Yeah, yeah, me too. I find that goals are more tangible when they're in a shorter, they're a shorter distance from where you are right now. It makes you work harder towards them and accomplish them. I think. I think it helps your focus. It does for sure, for sure. So you have um, you have your personal goals. I know you're interested in fitness. What are your what are your business goals for your business then, in terms of that twelve week year planning? It was um, to set up, and I've always worked with an accountant, but to actually look at what the financials are. You know, what is profit, and you know, what are my expenses before I just kind of approached it with. Um, it was pretty lackadaisical. I waited my last year of work in corporate and I saved all that money so that I could set up my business. But I allowed myself being in semi-retirement to go down different um, rabbit holes. You know, I, I, I would try to figure things out. Like I would always listen to office hours. So I offered to Carrie, why don't you let me do your transcripts? And I think I did the same for you when you guys first started to provide a service back to you and have some filler work. But I really wasn't looking at that as all the income, right? I was just kind of, okay, well that there will be some here and there while I'm working on websites, but I wasn't focusing on, and I wasn't, I purposely wasn't doing that. So I'd give myself time to make that adjustment. So this year I, uh, or at the end of last year, I looked at SEO and um, have been offering a little bit of those audit um, reports and really looking into that. And that is a constant changer. You know, you have to be on top of that every day and, you know, you know, the struggles around that. And so I also have a piece of my quarterly income around at least one SEO client. So I have four of those this year and we'll see, you know, where that lands. Yeah. That's a, a big learning process. You and I have talked about that and been involved in some projects for SEO. And I know Liam's also been doing some more SEO work as well. It seems to be the the burgeoning side of 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 a web agency now is that you really need to know how know how to do that and incorporate it into what you're offering in order to grow your business. So that sounds like a good goal to have. Um, and towards that goal, you've already talked about your positivity uh, planning throughout your day. Would you say that's the most important thing that you do every day, or are there other things in your day that that you that you find to be most important, and or also that are your favorite things to do? And it, well, it is my most important, and it is my favorite because. I'm hoping that it will change my outlook over time, right? They say, uh, if you do something for 28 days, it becomes a habit and that, that changes. And, uh, and I also like to uh, make time to learn something every day. So if I can't get 
a particular training video in or an article in. I save it for the end of the day, but I make sure that that whatever is on that week projection gets finished. And that's somehow, that's difficult to do when you're tired at the end of the day or tired in the morning. But I'm stuck with that as well. Adding professional development into your yeah. schedule is, it's always the last thing to come. But it's like that frog, that eat the frog mentality of doing that one thing that you don't want to do and getting it done. Like filling. Yeah, 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 that's hard to do. Uh, I also think the idea of having it in your mindset to look at life through, I won't say necessarily through rose-colored glasses, but looking at it in a positive way. I've been um, doing some yoga, and one of the things she talks about is smiling. And it's amazing when you just approach a moment with a smile on your face, how much it changes the way you feel about it. Even if you're going into it feeling unhappy, just smiling sort of forces you, forces your emotions to take a different view of things. So I think that I love that you're committing to that positivity practice. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really powerful. Patty, let me let me ask you this. Speaking of of trying to tackle big things in a positive, healthy way, what's been your your biggest challenge to date, and how are you addressing that, or how are you how did you either fix it, address it, overcome it, or how are you working on it now? My biggest challenge is telling people what I do. You know, when you're in a personal or in any situation, you can be at a party and people ask you what you do. And you say, oh, I'm building websites for small businesses on the side. And then everyone wants one. Right. So it's just like people that are doctors don't tell people what they do professionally because then everyone wants this advice. And I'm happy to give that. But you can get sucked into even explaining what a website is or um, you know, what a search engine is. And especially, um, and I hate to say this is, you know, I'm explaining technology a lot of times and, and it, it takes a lot of time. Now, somebody's very interested and then comes back and says, Oh, that was a really, you know, that is really cool. You know, WordPress is, is out there and I want to use that as part of my technology and they've, they've done the research and they come back then great. But my, I just can't offer that up a lot of times just to say, oh, I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a challenge of trying to describe our careers in a way that is genuine and productive at the same time without getting caught up in the let me tell you everything that you want to know and be an educational resource for you uh, without any kind of either compensation or even at times, you know, acknowledgement that this is taking time to explain things to you. And, and sometimes people just take that for granted, don't they? Yeah, or that it's even a true profession, right? Because they see Squarespace and Wix and, oh, I'll just throw up a website and it's 300 bucks. And, you know, they're expecting, not expecting, but, um, you know, wanting that information or thinking that that's what you're doing when you're not. It's, as we all know, WordPress is not easy. It has its challenges, that's for sure. That's for <laughs> sure. So let me, let me ask you this if I can. What is, what's been the single most valuable piece of advice, and it can be either professional or personal advice, that you've received and incorporated into your life and that has ultimately led to a, a positive outcome in some way? 
Well, this is going to go back many years. In 77, when I was a freshman in college, <laughs> my, I had a female professor that, um, and you have to know that it was not co-ed. It was, that college was probably co-ed four years before I got there. So she told me, and, the, and, it, uh, and it's always been in front of me, that getting what you want scares you more than getting it. So she always said, don't fear about changing direction or um, learning something new. Always go out, do it. And if it's the wrong thing, make it the adjustment. Have you had to, uh, have you had to use that advice throughout your career? I've used it always. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, um, I've had some fearful things happen when I've managed people and had to have those tough conversations and thought, I don't want this, but you know, it has to happen. And I use that and think, okay, I'm going to work through this fear and get to the other side of it. And guess what? You come out fine. We aren't saving lives. It's very, um, you know, we, we're, we have to get outside of our own heads and just do it. Yeah. What, uh, tell us a little bit about your community there. We, most of the people that we talk to, like yourself, work from home and work alone. So what, what kind of involvement do you have with your community and how do you manage the potential loneliness of, of working out of your home by yourself? Well, the loneliness is a, a real challenge, right? I mean, you hear that a lot too where you know, it's Thursday and you're thinking, oh my God, I haven't spoken to anybody. So I have, as part of my daily schedule, I will go down to the library and work there a couple of hours. And uh, I used to do a co-working um, situation with a couple of other uh, WordPress entrepreneurs and we would get together and work one morning every week, you know, for help. And then I've been um, back to participating in the meetups um, locally and it, and I go to naturally the networking things uh, in Pittsburgh. There's a, it's called the red chair event. It's women in technology. And there's a Pittsburgh technology council that has uh, several meetings a year. And I go to those as well. And then when you're meeting people, then I try to get at least a coach or someone I can talk to, to hold me to the task of, you know, staying involved. Yeah, that, 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 those are very constructive and practical and easily measurable mechanisms of combating loneliness, right? I mean, you could look back on the week and say, did I go to the co-working? Did I go to the library? Did I, and, and they're less intangible, like be positive, right? That's, that's harder to measure. I, I like that, 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 that setup that you have and that practical approach to it. Um, was that something that you took care of or took took an effort to address proactively? So as you were spinning out of corporate and spinning into self-employment, was it one of those, well, I, I've heard a lot about people working from home being lonely, so I'm going to do this, or struggling with working around no one, I'm going to do this proactively? Or was it more you were a number of months into it and you, something's wrong here, what am I doing? And then you took steps then. It was definitely, definitely the latter. There was something wrong because it, that first year was hell. You know, I just didn't have anyone. I went from being able to call over a cube, a set of cubes, to a developer and say, 
I'm stuck with something here. Can you help me? And I had a great crew that I absolutely loved. And the, even going in in the morning around that coffee. And I mean, it was very, it was a very big change. And the other thing that happened was personally, I was then an empty nester. Both kids had graduated and moved away. So I was, you know, my husband still works full time. So I was at home thinking this is not going to work. You know, that struggle is real. And you have to put in um, an effort to exercise and see people and put a structure into your day. And I, uh, I saved money for the business, but I didn't consider what would happen with my time. Yep. 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 Um, that's important. I am going to circle us back if I can for just to go back to the success because you were kind enough to share with us your personal definition of success. And then we explored some professional goals. And I wonder if we can go from those professional goals and, and go up a few thousand feet or so and talk a little bit about your definition of professional success. Can you share that with us? Well, I had always aligned my professional success with my career which wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. I mean, I moved up through it, um, jumped from one organization to another every few years so that I could keep learning and, you know, grow my salary and my career. And I was so attached to that title and that success. And that was not what it was about. You know, it wasn't about the money and it wasn't about, the, you know, pushing those kids through school and mm -hmm. I'm sitting back now thinking, okay, what for me, professional success has nothing to do with that title and what you've accomplished or anything to do with money. And I wish I'd known that 30 years ago. What, so you, you were, you shared what it is not. What is it though? What is, what is success to you? Professional success to you? Professional success to me now is being able to um, provide a good service to a client, um, you know, deliver on what I said I was going to do, and also help other people in the community. Um, you know, we talked about the WordPress community. You see a lot of uh, people starting out and uh, really great personalities that work very hard and are very helpful. And I want to professionally be able to mentor them, give back to them in any way that I can. You know, for instance... Since I'm going to be listening to your podcast, I'm taking notes. I will say, here, can you use these show notes? And I'll do it pro bono just to be able to help you out with your SEO. And so professionally, it's satisfying for me, but it's truly not a you know, monetary deliverable, right? That's a much more holistic approach to defining success. Well, it's and it's it's a kind way to interact with people and, and greatly appreciated. I was speaking with someone yesterday about a, a frustrating experience where I wasn't able to help someone or they didn't want my help. And they talked about sort of the, the uh, cosmic karma of having a um, positive impact on someone else instead and having it sort of circle back around. So that kind of pay it forward cosmic um good mentality i think is coming into play with what you're doing as well and that's part of what wordpress is about too is sharing sharing your skills because people have been kind to you so passing it on so thank you 
And just remember, if they don't appreciate that, then just walk away. That's right. Help someone else. Don't don't personalize it. Just, you know, there's somebody else out there that, that will benefit from it and enjoy it and move on. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that positive and helpful note, uh, we are out of time, Patty. And this has been a really great conversation. I, I've loved hearing. I'm feeling very positive today. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me on. Can you let us know and our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, on Twitter, I'm at pshetler1. And there's a bicycle there, of course. <laughs> I think it was my uh, retirement gift from a couple of years ago. And then it's uniquesitehelper.com and uh, Patricia Shetler on Facebook. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope to see you soon, Patty. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Patty. So long. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, Ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.